How often have you heard somebody say something like this? I'm not pessimistic. I'm just being realistic. How many times have you told yourself this story, this idea that your outlook on whatever you're observing is not necessarily just negative. It's trying to look at something for what it is. And that feeling, though, it gives you a momentary boost of maybe confidence that you're right in your observation doesn't lead to any good action. This is the Redacted Culture Cast, and we're on episode 92, and this is going to be a shorter episode, but I want to bring up this topic on how cynicism kills people, how it causes more suffering in the long run while promising the allure of being the wise observer. And in order to do this, I'm going to have to tell a little bit of a story, but we're going to get into it pretty quickly. <clears throat> there was a time for many of us, and myself included, where we joined the military thinking it was going to be a certain way. We thought that there was going to be a certain era of nobility. Perhaps this is in reference to an earlier conversation with accounting coup. This idea of a glory, a glory being found in war and being surrounded by your brothers and your fellow soldiers and developing the sense of camaraderie. You kind of took these things for granted as you chose to sign up. But when you got there, you found out that that wasn't a given. It was something that had to be earned. And sometimes the rules for earning it didn't seem very legitimate, whether it's going through kind of the cost of entry phase, the you're the new guy phase, proving your worth phase, or whether there were just games that people played that really never led to being a part of the team. When I joined the military and when I joined Ranger Battalion, I, I went in with a certain amount of naivety. We all do. We all have to because how do you explain something that like that to somebody in the outside world? I still don't entirely know. But that's not the only place where it happens, whether it's in a new job or when it, whether it's within the college system, whether it's within adulthood as a whole we grow into situations where we find out that the things that we believed were naively optimistic, maybe misguided in some way. And when those ideas collapse underneath us, we can choose to become skeptical about our decision-making processes, or if we let that fester long enough, we become cynical. I've talked about this a number of times, but I think it's worth bringing up again in our culture on how we address this specifically within both America, the West, or within gun culture as a whole. And that is the problem with the idea of cynicism. I can't remember who made the statement, but I think it's one of those good ones that's worth holding on to. And it goes something like this. Cynicism is cowardice masquerading as bravery. It's this idea that we're just being realistic about the scenario in front of us while not being entirely honest about hiding the true fear that's underneath. Maybe what's demanded of us is not just knowledge, but courage. And cynicism takes many forms, especially in our contemporary era, one of those being the case that we see in America as a whole right now. The whole traditional lifestyle seems to be the counterculture. No longer is it uh, tattoos even being punk anymore. Rather, it's in some ways holding to a series of values and morals 
that we believe in regardless of whether or not the world likes it. The world chooses to embrace hedonism. Instead, we choose piety. The world chooses to embrace uh, pride, and instead we choose humility. And these countercultural elements flow back and forth throughout time, and we've seen trends rise and fall. But what happens to come with that is this sort of common and growing cynicism, cynical approach to when people make statements of either faith or they make goal, they make um, appeals to virtue in this sense. It's not even virtue signaling. Maybe this could be a complicated format of it. But the issue that I see being presented is this idea that anyone who expresses genuine concern for something is immediately met purely with a cynical retort. You're not there to share a good idea. You're trying to get popular. You're not here to try to offer a good product. You're here to make a fortune. You're not here to be honest about your faith. You're just another one of the countercultural traditionalists that are popping up right now. And while these are the scenarios that I want to talk about, the underlying warning, the underlying concern is that if we allow skepticism to root into cynicism and cynicism to manifest into nihilism, that is one way that causes, if not a physical death in people, certainly an intellectual and emotional one, even perhaps a spiritual death if we want to go that deep. And it looks kind of like this. Nihilism, by its definition, in some ways, or maybe in its definition, we're going to work backwards from that, but nihilism can oftentimes be described as a belief in the absence of meaning. There is no meaning, and that would be a metaphysical axiom of reality. This can take its different shapes in different philosophical and sort of cultural statements, things like there is no truth, everything is relative. That would be a a metaphysical axiom that there is no such thing as truth or that truth is purely a matter of perspective. And, and that form of nihilism can also come from a form of cynicism. And cynicism tends to be an attitude disposition. Cynicism approaches every scenario as if there were a, a true explanation that is not being presented and that true explanation is something to be despised. And finally, there's skepticism. So if we were to go from the worst part to the least worst, nihilism to cynicism to skepticism, skepticism is simply approaching something with a bit of curiosity or a willingly willing able to willing willingly able to doubt willingness, willingness to doubt the axioms that are presented. Now, what these three ideas differ in is that where nihilism begins with axiomatic statements, there is no meaning. Cynicism will say that while there's meaning, you're not really living up to it. It might be even like everyone's a hypocrite. Skepticism has some reasonable footing in an intellectual's life. And skepticism can look at something and say, I'm not sure if we know it or I'm not sure if that's true, but I'm willing to investigate it. And so skepticism in an intellectual tool is useful for searching for something that is true. Now, we might even be so, so, so broad as to be skeptical about whether or not truth can be accessed, 
But that's very different than saying there is no such thing as truth. This is where you see the difference between a moral skeptic and a moral relativist, where in the case of the moral relativist, the claim is that there really is no abject morality. It's simply the perspective of the individual. It is an axiomatic statement saying that there is no such thing as morality, whereas skepticism would say that there is something that is morality, but we are frighteningly incapable of observing it correctly or even coming to terms or agreement with what that might be. And cynicism kind of lies in that in-between area because cynicism tries to pull from the sort of intellectual credibility of a skeptic, but buries it and couches it in the sort of moral uh, absolutism of the nihilist, that absolute being there is none. And that's where I believe it becomes dangerous. Cynicism is very tempting. It can feel like a roguish character from a storyline. Oh, I'm not, I'm not a bad guy. I'm just cynical about the things that I see because bad things have happened to me. And while that cynic in the middle, a person I very well have been in the past, might present themselves as being an honest character, what they're being dishonest about is what their moral axioms are or their axiom that it does not exist. And as soon as you engage in a world where there is no meaning, that's where I believe a lot of our hardships start to take place. Now, it can be really hard to cope with, or it can be really hard to address legitimately when you have cut away all the moorings that give you access or, a, or, or perspective of what meaning or value or virtue might be, and that's the place that we find the warning. If you want to go so far as to say that nihilism itself is a negative, it's a moral, it's an immoral statement because we believe that there is, you know, let's just say we begin with the axiom that there is something called morality, that anything that says there is no morality would be against that. And since it's against that, it would be either wrong or in this case also immoral because it's somehow engaging with, well, there's this thing called morality and this is saying, no, there is not. And therefore it is both an intellectual statement and a moral statement. And being incorrect on the moral statement would be in a way saying that it's immoral, nihilism on that sense does create, um, or nihilism in that sense does come across as more than just a sort of witty retort. Nihilism is the kind of thing that might want to see itself as being the jaded anti-hero, but very oftentimes, if not almost always, manifests itself in this world as the great atrocities mankind does against one another. Nihilism is not the sole cause, the sole motivation for committing great acts of evil, but it certainly in the 21st century has been a major factor in doing so, whether it's the great democides and genocides of the 1900s into the 20 into today or its actions like the school shooter or uh, forms of a massacre in that sense somebody taking their wrath out against god and so if you are paying attention you might say well there's something ironic about being a nihilist who says there is no such thing as morality morality being that is and would you know perhaps you could make the argument i think 
Christians actually do, that the morality, the idea of morality does come from God, a nihilist might try to lash out against that re reality, saying that, well, there is no moral code because it's easier for one to try to kill their own conscience by saying there is no such thing as morality as opposed to I'm not living up to it, or even more personal, I don't want to live up to it. And on the other end of that spectrum, we have just skepticism. Now, the term of the skeptics has been overused, abused, and still translates through time, whether it comes from the Greeks or it, this same principle applies itself in multiple ways. You might even see examples of it in the writings of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in Sherlock Holmes. But skepticism has, it sometimes held a very intellectually valuable position. But as far as a moral axiom, never has that really been the case until recently where people have tried to make it into one, which then also creates nihilism. And so to close this out and to put that together, uh, be careful when you're addressing ideas of skepticism, nihilism, and cynicism, because cynicism, being that kind of middle ground between the two, can oftentimes try to combine the intellectual integrity of being skeptical of something saying, I don't know, but can it be known? It's an investigative perspective with the moral axiom that it just doesn't want to admit that it believes in of the nihilist. What does this look like in gun culture? We used some examples earlier on. It's that uh, there is no such thing as true innovation or innovation is dead. Uh, my The warning on this one is be careful with that statement. Maybe it has taken a time of stagnation. Maybe we're looking for something new. But maybe it's that you're just unhappy with the things that have come out recently, the, the innovations that have come about. Uh, maybe it's a personal gripe against something that hasn't been invented for your sake yet. Maybe there's a bit of pride that we hold on to and we say, oh, there is no true innovation, when what we're really, if you dig down into our own psyche, our own beliefs, what we really are saying is that no one values my opinion enough to ask me for what should be invented without really taking the humility to recognize that we're not in a position to be inventing at the time. When it comes to people's statements about what they think to be true or what they're arguing about as far as tactics and techniques, while we have reason to be wary and cautious about what we're looking at, whether it's evaluations of gear or evaluations of strategy or tactics or techniques or whatever, be careful to approach it with just cynicism because there is room for skepticism. Why do they say what they do? What is their argument for it? What are my abilities to evaluate it? Why would I consider this to be true? But that's different than just assuming from the beginning that everyone who's presenting a new idea is purely doing it out of something that you're condemning them of doing. We're here in this together. We're trying to figure it out. And the third one, perhaps the most personal, the most deeply ingrained version that we're addressing is that as we look at things happening in our society and in our culture, whether it's within the microcosm of gun culture or the bigger perspective of the United States, we tend to be drawn towards different extremes. We tend to be drawn towards every politician's a bad guy, every X is a Y, every this is a that. And we know that that's not the case when we go about our day-to-day day -day lives, 
But in the stories that we tell ourselves and the justifications that we make to ourselves, we tend to choose these very quick retorts in a way that in the long run cause more damage than good. There are rules. There are hard and fast rules. There are lines in the sand that we all live by. There are things that we believe to be right and true and good. And we know that when people betray those things, it is not just a unfortunate circumstance, but in some cases quite really a tragedy. When somebody claims to be of moral standing and then they go about living an immoral life behind the veil, we don't see that as merely just a tragedy that they're not moral, but something much greater because it's a hypocritical approach. And that the and that and and from that we might quickly, after observing something like that, that become skeptical of everyone who claims some sort of moral argument. Just because we encounter one hypocrite might cause us to become skeptical of everybody else we encounter. And that is where I would place the warning. The presence of an abuse does not mean that every other example is exactly the same. The presence of a hypocrite does not mean that every person who engages in the argument is also themselves a hypocrite. The presence of a fake implies that there is the presence of something real. In order to have a counterfeit dollar, you must have this idea of a real dollar. In order to have the pursuit of in order for there to be a lie, I apologize, in order for something to be a lie, there must actually be something called truth. The presence of a corruption is in many ways the evidence of a pure thing. And as we go forth within gun culture, and as we go forth as a community, and as we go forth as people, we are going to be faced with attempts and desires to be skeptical, to look at everybody as a fraud. And my warning to you, and my warning that comes from my own experience and from, in, some, in this case, my heart, is that you'd be careful not to let cynicism rule you. Infinite doubt may give you the allure of feeling wise. You see the holes in everybody else's theories. You see the problems with everybody else's ideas. You see the, the grand joke that is the world where people are acting the fool but claiming to be wise. And that attitude, that outlook might provide you some semblance of recognizing that the world outside really is crazy, that the world outside is hard to recognize anymore, that the morality that our culture claims seems to be a rotten corpse at best. And maybe there is some justification in saying, you know, I felt there was something off here and now I can see what it is. But what's important and what I think is most important is that even though we recognize that people fall, they make mistakes, they commit atrocities, they do evil, that it is not appropriate for us to allow that to become our rubric alone for making evaluations. If we want to seek truth, we must seek truth and be appreciative of it in other people. If we want to seek goodness, we have to believe that there is something that is called goodness and we can find out what it is. We may be some, we may engage in some humility and recognize that it's difficult to understand. It's not simply a rote, written, or easy to comprehend concept. It may be not something that's just grasped as simply as, well, this is it. The source of goodness can be confounding if we try to add barriers and we're trying to correct our own ways of thinking. But at the end of the day, and where I'm getting with this one is that nihilism 
as well as cynicism, is a temptress. It tells you that you'll be courageous. It will say that you will be wise, but instead replaces your ability to add uh, in your ability to evaluate information with foolishness. And it replaces your ability to face challenges with courage, with cowardice and explanation. You, instead of doing what is right, you explain away why you should do it in the first place. And that is the warning. Cynicism is a deadly mind virus. It's not simply cynical to recognize the valid place of doubt and how we think about things. Cynicism is to allow that doubt to rule you. Cynicism is the choosing of cowardice with a pseudo-intellectual veneer instead of the courage that's demanded of you. And while we exist in this world, especially within the gun culture world or within America as a whole or within the West or within even just ourselves as individuals, we certainly have many cases where we can choose to become cynical as an easy out away from doing the things that we know we should do. When we were in, when I was in ranger school, the most, and this is not an unusual story, when I was in ranger school, the, the largest reason why people did not pass the class is because they would quit. The biggest effect during my time in the military, the biggest reason why people did not pass a selection course or pass a, a proving grounds of sorts like ranger school, even though that may be in question, was because they chose to quit the course. The famous bell at Bud's is another good example. But if you go to a man and ask those people why they quit, they will give you an answer. They'll give you an explanation. And while some of those explanations may be valid, that also, I would, I would argue that some of those were just justifications for why they did not want to continue doing the hard task at hand. It's not every single person who doesn't pass ranger school who is in the exact same case who chose to opt out for an easier path, but there is something to be considered there is that if you are taking a hard road and you choose the easy way out, are you really doing it for the right reasons? If the answer is no, now you understand how cynicism can kill you. This has been the Redacted Culture Cast. This is episode 92, and we are carrying on with our investigation into the philosophy of violence and how we understand what we think to be right and true and good. Thank you very much for listening. Keep your hatchet sharp and your powder dry.